Welcome back to another episode of That's Business. This week, we have special guest Harold Raumlinger, the principal architect of Design Team Plus. Now, I personally love Harold because we met at a networking group a few years ago. But the interesting thing about Harold is he comes from a long line of architects. His ancestors worked as master builders in the Austrian-Hungarian Empire. Some of their buildings dating back to the 1850s are still standing today. The resiliency of these buildings to weather the forces of history and the natural environment over a period of centuries drives him to design indoor and outdoor spaces that stand the test of time. Harold also holds a Master's of Architecture from Lawrence Tech University, lectures widely on planning, sustainability, and renewable energy solutions. Drawing upon his extensive relationships with municipalities and other government entities to move projects forward. At Design Team Plus, Harold has built a collaborative team that is empowered to lead on various aspects of each project to meet and exceed client goals and expectations, and to, of course, create an atmosphere of continual professional development among his staff. Harold, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited. Thanks, Angela. That was a great intro. Thank you. I know. I didn't butcher it too bad, right? We're pretty good. No, not but, at all. <laughs> so to start off, because when you and I met, I was immediately drawn to you. You have this awesome story, but tell the good people a little bit about yourself. Well, a little bit about myself. So born and raised here in Michigan. Uh, I was born in Detroit. My parents came over in 1957 as immigrants from Germany after World War II. Uh, that first generation U.S., Moved out of Detroit when I was two, moved to the city of Warren, where I basically finished up my education, swore to never live there again, but unfortunately <laughs> gone back there in 2010 and then, you know, had to stay there for at least three years and was out again after that. So, Jeez. recently uh, going on eight years, nine years of marriage now to my wife, Deanne, a.k.a. my girlfriend. <laughs> I have a 22-year-old daughter who just graduated from Lawrence Tech, my alma mater in the College of Nursing. So, yay, she did that. Uh, I got two cats that love to travel between my house in Farmington Hills and my house out in Harsons Island, so where I'd rather live than Farmington Hills. <laughs> but uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, it's like I just love what I do in architecture and everything, too. So Right. I mean, obviously, of course, it's in your blood, so to say, of being an architect, but... Was this something you always knew you wanted to be growing up? Because you're in such a unique field. I don't know too many architects and I don't feel a lot of people do. Yeah, no. So I had one drafting class in like seventh grade, loved it, but never pursued it. You know, at the time in the mid 80s, early 80s, computers were coming online. You had a couple of computer classes like, ooh, this sounds exciting. I'll go into computer data processing. Right. Um, started off at Macomb Community College in computer data processing. And then once I got tired of doing 30 foot long printouts of my programs that didn't work and wanted to poke <laughs> my eyeballs out with a fork and I tanked mm-hmm. my grades to like a D minus average in a year and a half, I went, I need to stop. Oh, my God. They took a year off, um, restored and built my 1964 Barracuda. And in the meantime, uh, I ran into a friend of mine that was going to school for architecture. Mm-hmm. So I had McComb and she was showing me some of the stuff she was doing. It's like, oh, that sounds like fun. Maybe I'll go and try that out. So I went to school for architecture and I'm telling my grandmother this who lived with us. And she goes, oh, I never told you about your great-great-grandfather, great-grandfather, and your great-uncle. You didn't even know. 
Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I didn't even know until, I mean, I was going back to school and college. I go, no, but it would have been nice to know that going into <laughs> this. Thank you. Exactly, right. Yeah, so I never, it was never like on my radar to do that. It was, I mean, it was never even a thought that, hey, that's an industry. Because again, back then when you got like the sheet at school to go, what are you going to grow up to be? It was like... <laughs> policeman, fireman, garbage <laughs> truck driver, you know, there was never architect no. mm -hmm. or skateboarder or anything like that or fun, you know, so. Right. Yeah, so that's that's how it came out. And then, you know, I again, graduated with home, went straight to LTU, um, took a year off, which ended up being seven years off. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, I was on the 17 year track of licensure. Hey, that's okay. Yeah. So I took a year off. I was a junior status and I took one year off. I got married, went seven years. My daughter was born, went back to school in 2000. And they said, oh, you've been too far away, long gone. Oh so they dropped me back down to a sophomore level. So I, I lost like two entire you know, years worth of education. Right. So I started back off in sophomore and then just finished all the way through. And then 2006, graduated with my master's and then went straight to get my license thereafter. I didn't know any of that. I'm learning today. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. I used to take my daughter Hannah to class with me and she was like, you know, two years old and she would sit at this chair and like watch TV with one of my fellows or not TV's videos on one of my friends, you know, computer screens right. and stuff like that while we we're in class. So, oh, that's amazing. Fun stuff. That's awesome. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be butchering the story, but I feel because as everyone knows, listening to this podcast, I was fired from my job and I feel like you were too, which is why you started your business. Or am I making this up? No, close to, I was laid off. Okay. So I worked for a firm for 12 years. Uh, and then, you know, 2008, 2009 came, you know, his clientele was dropping off. I decided, you know, I was teaching that time part-time. So I took on an additional class to teach to make up for, you know, basically my loss of hours. Right. And then in 2009, he, you know, in the beginning of 2009, he goes, well, it's reduced hours. I went, I've been at those reduced hours for the past two years because you don't have work. Right. And then to fully laid off in June. And then in September, he made an offer to where he wanted me to drive into the office one day a week. You know, it's a 60 mile drive into the office because I was up in Oxford at the time. And I went, no, it, it doesn't make sense. So I handed in my resignation letter and then went off on my own. And then he followed up trying to sue me twice for lost business over the course of the next four years. Over four years, he tried to sue you? I quit and he sends me a non-compete letter to sign like three months after I quit. And it's like, I'm not signing this. I'm already not here. <laughs> you know, and then um, I ended up joining Design Team Plus. No, then he sent me a letter saying he's going to try and sue me for loss of business because I had works of his projects on my web page. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they're taken from the street. It's a public street. I can take pictures from wherever I want. And if you read it, I'll give you credit in the bottom right-hand corner and advertising <laughs> for you. That's even worse, right? I know. And then he does it again when I uh, transitioned from a sole proprietor to the partnership of Design Team Plus. Like, as soon as we got the partnership and he saw it up on our, our other website, he tried it all over again. At this time, it was copyright infringements. And it's like, um, you never paid for those photographs. Those were given to you by the client. So you don't even have a right to use them. So, I mean, it's just like crazy stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, he was a little sore. Um, just a little bit, you think? 
Yep, just a little bit. But yeah, I mean, I probably would have been better off if I was just fired instead of like quit. Oh, that was, I would swear it was another, I think, I forget because I remember you were one of the people that was like, who cares? You got fired. Like, I've been fired a few times. Who cares? And I was like, okay. Well, I've been fired from Hardee's when I was uh, 15 years old because I told, oh, you know, the pet care. manager to go F off. <laughs> so Why am I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> of course you have. Now, I mean, you decided to build this business during the, I almost said the pandemic, during the recession, everything happening. Yes. What made it successful? Or, and I know it obviously wasn't an overnight multi million dollar amazing business that it is today, but what got you to that point early on? You know, I had my own firm, which was Rumlinger Architects 2009, 2011. I was introduced to my business partner, now Sherry, and we ended up doing a pro bono project for a girl with cerebral palsy. It was living in a one room, like not one room, but like an efficiency apartment with her parents uh, as uh, Russian immigrants. Oh, wow. And uh, the friendship circle wanted to give her her own apartment so she could have freedom and be with friends and everything. So Sherry and I said, yeah, let's go ahead and design it. So we designed it and we've always kept sort of that, what do you want to call it, uh, pro bono or, or give back sort of attitude in our, mm-hmm. in our all of our works. And we keep to try to pick a nonprofit organization that we work with. Right. So I think that whole idea of when we were, you know, she was extremely grateful and we were extremely grateful to be getting some work at that point. But um, I think it's the way we structure the firm. You know, most firms like, okay, here's a lump sum fee and right. you, you build it on, you know, uh, buy old sellings throughout the project. And I came also with a contractor background because I'm also a licensed contractor. And I went, no, you bill off and, and you itemize everything. You show full transparency. So we started this off with like no cash in our pocket. Wow. You know, and just basically on a fully cash basis. And that's how we started running it. And it was just being very honest right up front and the clients loved it. And they just kept, you know, referring us to another client and then to another client. And that's how we built our business was just basically on, you know, being the advocate, the fiduciary, you know, relationship with the client, looking out for their best interest, educating them and going that extra mile. Uh, and I think that's where that we just keep getting that repeat business. And when we've had some businesses, uh, one brewery that we work on, we're on our third with them of doing renovations at our facility because they're growing as well. Right. So that's how I think how how we became successful. And then we we look at every project as a potential client mm-hmm. that comes through. We don't just, you know, roll our eyes and go, oh no, you're too small. Right. You know, I'll do a doghouse if somebody wants me to do a doghouse, but it's got to be profitable and it's also has to be, you know, worth their time and money as well. Now, how did you, because my might be my favorite thing about your company is that you go from breweries, churches to cannabis shops. Like if we cannot be any more different here, but how did you get into this? Like they're so crazy. It's all a religious experience at one point. It is. Um, it is, yeah. So, <laughs> it ties back. So right. breweries started off in 2010 when I went off for my own. Okay. My wife sings with the Detroit Concert Choir. One of the members in there, husband wanted to create a microbrewery. Oh. Um, so they reached out to me. This was uh, 2010. So I, I had brewery experience because I worked on the Great Baraboo, which is out off of Moravian and Utica Road. Yes. Oh, I know exactly where that is. So I worked on that one when I was with another firm. Oh. So I had that knowledge there. Right. So that goes back to late 90s, early 2000s for that one. And then uh, I did the multi-dog 
which was short-lived Nano Brewery. That was the one in 2010. Well, the brewing industry is this tight-knit community. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody helps everybody. So he referred me to the draft horse. The draft horse referred me to Rustic Leaf. Rustic Leaf referred me to, you know, another one. And it just keeps building, 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 building. Right. And I'm still dealing with the brewers that I started off with because I bring them in as consultants now with my new projects to help the new brewers with business plans and what they need to set up and everything along those lines. Right. Church is my structural engineer that I use is a member of the Coptic Orthodox Church. And he said, hey, we had our church built. We never finished the interior. I'd like you to do it for us because I like what you do. So can you give us a sketch of what you think it's going to look like? So they hired us on to just take it feasibility. Mm-hmm. So we got into with them and then with Sherry's background um, in the Jewish community, her ties to rabbis and everything else, we worked with a couple of synagogues. So, and then I know a couple of pastors and we ended up doing some work for them in their Methodist church. So we're you know, pretty much across the board, but our main client is the Coptic Orthodox Church. We're working with them in Ohio, the uh, Newport area of Michigan, here in Troy, Shelby Township. So we're doing a bunch with them. Cannabis came through the business networking group that you and I are in. I didn't know that's how it started. I'm learning so much today. I love it. Chris Trainoff, who yes. was the mechanical contractor, right. goes, hey, I have a guy they want me to do some work for to do a growth facility, but I don't know what I'm doing and they need really help. You might looking at this. It's like, no, I've done greenhouses before. Why not? Right. Different product. So. That was 2015. So that's how I got involved in that industry when it was just at its fledgling of taking off. Right. And again, they're almost, they're a little bit more competitive than the brewing industry. For sure. But if you do a good job, your name gets out. And because it's a small community of growers at that point. And then because they're working with the attorneys, the attorney sees your documentations. They see you're doing the right work. Next thing you know, we just kept getting work fed to us by attorneys that deal in the cannabis industry. So we never even, we still to this day truly don't advertise that we do cannabis because we don't need to because we just have this. Your name's just out there. Yeah, community that just keeps feeding us work. And now we've become, you know, a little bit selective in who we want to work with in that industry because we set certain standards for quality. And if there's somebody that's not going to want to do full-blown, you know, buying security in their facilities and want to do like they're built, you know, still growing in their basement, we have no need that want to work with them. Right. We want to have somebody that is looking to do it almost as a pharmaceutical level of production and cultivation and processing and then making their, you know, dispensaries not look like it's, you know, again, coming out of your basement or it's just basically painting walls. Um, or like the guy in Detroit that sold it on the vending machine on the side of his house. Um, oh, that's a new one. Nice. Yeah, that was a great one. You know, we, we want them to be like jewelry stores. Right. And we want them to, you know, because again, it's like, you know, one, you keep saying you want to heighten the experience, but then you keep dumbing it down. No, if you're going to heighten the experience, it's heightened experience. Right. So that's kind of some of the stuff. And that's how we got into like all of those industries. Mm-hmm. And then we do medical on top of that. So we've done, you know, work in hospitals and doctor's office and dentist offices. And so it's diversity. Right. Well, of this diversity, what's do you have? a? I mean, I know it's hard to pick your favorite, but do you have a favorite project you've done or maybe like a top three or so? So favorite project. Well, I mean, I got a couple right now that we're working on. One is the uh, Life Lab 
Kids Foundation in Ferndale, which is, I mean, kind of cool because, you know, not we're just, yeah, we're doing a, a lobby for them on their autistic therapy center, but we're designing this outdoor playground for them to that they can take the kids out there and grow um, healthy minds through active bodies. So, you know, we're having fun with it because we're picking fun, you know, surface materials and we're helping them select the the actual exercise equipment and playground equipment they're going to put in there. We've designed in some fun stuff where they can play in water and make water move by cranking a handle, which is comes into therapy mm-hmm. and then they can hear. And then we looked at like aromatherapy and, and uh, color therapy and sound therapy and how do we integrate. So we're, we're almost like kids playing, putting together the the project. Yeah. Which is kind of neat. Just like big kids, right. And again, they're a nonprofit, so we've given a portion of our work as a pro bono gift to them mm-hmm. to help them out because they are a nonprofit. So that's probably up there right now. But I can't like say that, you know, none of my breweries are fun because my brewery projects are really fun. And then, you know, once in a while you get free beer every time you walk in there, which is another one. Right. My first brewery project, I had free beer for life written into the contract. <laughs> Yeah, they were only open for two years. Oh, no. And you had that, right? Oh, that's so funny. So, I mean, I stopped in there quite a few times on that one. Right. So, I mean, that's that one. And then I'm trying to think of one of my other fun projects. It's probably one of my, my church projects that we're working on mm-hmm. because it's not just the sanctuary or another building. They own a large trek of land down in Monroe, and we just master planned for a complete retreat center that has an indoor soccer field, tennis courts swimming pool, 120 room, a retreat center with a 300 occupancy um, lecture hall. Uh, and then that attaches to their existing um, retreat center that we designed for them originally on the site. And then they want to do a full farm on that site. So we got barns and livestock and animals and farming. And then they want to do a senior facility on site. So it's, it's this really just, you know, different types of building types and how do they all integrate and we're designing site and place and looking at landscaping and all the different items that go along with this. So that one's kind of neat because you're touching everything. Right. It's just so fascinating and you do phenomenal work and yes, it will be, I will put of course your links to your website and whatnot, but it's just crazy because how far you come with like anyone, maybe I'm just, I don't know, up to date, but when I was like, oh, cannabis, interesting. But then I won't name names of who you worked with, but one of the ones you gave views of it, it looks like a jewelry store, like a high end jewelry store that I was like, I'm sorry, you sell cannabis here? Like, this is beautiful. But what's your favorite part of the process? Because I don't even know what goes into this process. I mean, only from being friends with you, but what's your favorite part of the process or favorite part of like working with all these diverse candidates? There's my resume speak. Diverse clients, I should say. Each one has a different methodology of what they're doing. Okay. You have to understand and get in the head because you got it. It's like I tell my restaurants, I can design you a kitchen, but if I'm not working with the chef, they're not going to be able to cook within it. Right. Very true. So it's the same thing with this. You have to understand the cultivator's growing process. Right. So what's the cycle of plants and veg, the cycle of plants and flower, the cycle of plants and dry? What are their set parameters? So you get science involved with the lighting parameters, uh, microclimates, uh, the biosecurity, which we, you know, we basically learn doing pharmaceutical facilities. You know, and just making sure that everybody is clean and dirty and separated from clean. And there's um, air washes between these areas so you can't contaminate one space from the next. 
So you have all these different moving parts. And I think what intrigues me is kind of juggling them okay. and keeping them all on track and getting them all to work together. And then you get into the processing facility, you look at the equipment in there, and I keep thinking to myself, God, if we knew about this equipment and chemistry lab in high school, I may have gone into chemistry instead of architecture. Right. But, you know, your hydrocarbon, you know, CO2 extraction, ice, you know, chilled extraction, you know, there's all these different types of methods, what they do. So I think that the science behind it is the most intriguing. Mm-hmm. And then seeing it in the build form and then just, you know, again, when you get into the, what you said, they look like a jewelry store. Right. If they give the ability to design that way, you're literally designing fixtures. It's not something they're buying from a manufacturer. You're actually designing the casework. You're working with the millwork company. You're looking at their brand and how do we exploit that brand in, in the built environment. But that's the same for like every one of our projects. So like I get a brewery project, you know, we ask them what's their brand or give us three adjectives that explain your brand. And then we got to try and figure out how do we turn that into actual construction? You know, so we've done that before. So, but again, it's still the whole branding, taking it through, which actually then elevates the end user's perception Mm -hmm. going through it as well as it results in, you know, increased profits. Right. So, and as well as, you know, if it's a nice project, they start getting recognition, whether it's through awards or through videos or through press releases or referrals. Um, That's probably the coolest thing about it is how do we do what we want to do architecturally, but at the same point in time, meet a budget and then create something that they're going to be reaping the benefits from time and time again over the course of years. Now, transitioning, because I know you are very good about like share. I think you just did it today, actually, on LinkedIn, I saw, but sharing like your client success stories and when they get their own awards. Yep. And you definitely are a one for the people, which I love that you're not just like, oh, on to the next one. Like, best of luck to you, old client of mine. But right. talk to me because you just you and your company have won a few awards recently. I mean, you have a plethora of them. I've seen them. You've talked about them. But What's it kind of feel like continuously winning awards and talk to us about what these awards mean to you and what they are? Yeah, I mean, it takes time. So yes, what people don't understand is, okay, you design the building. I mean, you could be a year to two years in design, and then it's going to be a year to two years in construction. Right. It could be four years before that project's being photographed to get it, you know, put in for an award somewhere. Right. Mm-hmm. There's duration of time. So you know, starting a firm, you, you got to get some type of recognition, whether it's being press and magazines or being newspaper or doing video or getting awards. Awards are nice because you can show what you've done visually in photographs as well as show the award that you got, which was a recognition from your peers that, you know, you get you received the award from. So we just did the IADA, which is the International Interior Design Association's Interior Awards. Um, we won. Oh, they're all sitting behind you. This one. <laughs> Love it. I saw that on Facebook. Yes. Well, that was corporate office, 10,000 square feet or less. You know, we did the Walled Lake Credit Union. Right. It was great because Sherry got to go up there and accept the award. And we were able to showcase some of the materials and some material providers with another video that we did for that. But it's a good feeling throughout the office because it feels like there's an accomplishment. Right. So you, you get this charge through the office. And then we end up doing what's get the people's choice award. <laughs> that one. Yes. Love it. 
that one was, you know, okay, nobody knows us. We're a small firm. I mean, this is our first word, but I mean, everybody, Thea here in our office, if Joe, Jacob, Sherry, myself, we all got the social media, whether it was LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and just start sending out personal messages to our friends going, hey, here's a link, please vote for us. Mm -hmm. And we had over 700 votes in the end. And I sent out 2,229 individual messages on LinkedIn to all my contacts. <laughs> Uh, I sent messages to friends of mine that were in the UK, like uh, relatives in Germany, you know, friends that we knew in California and Arizona. Um, I sent it to a professional guitarist who was on tour in Europe with Paul Palmer. And he goes, hey, I'm sitting here with a couple of roomies. I'll get them to vote, too. So I had like just international votes. You should get extra credit for that. Yeah. All in all, great feeling. You know, we're looking forward to possibly doing a few more of these as some of our other projects start coming to mind. But people don't understand. I mean, there is a long period on how long it takes to do a project. Right. It could be years and then it can be shelved before it goes off to construction. Or it's extended construction time. And we're looking at a project right now that we're negotiating. It's a two-year construction project. Jeez. On top of the year and a half to two years of design going into it. Does take a duration. So to get the award, you feel accomplished. Otherwise, you would have just forgot about that. So, you know, we've taken with um, another interior design firm, we won the uh, International Council of Shopping Centers for the first cannabis facility ever to win an award. We oh. took their golden order and the award in that for that one. Wow. That was, I think, the one that you were talking about that looks just like a jewelry store. You would never know what was driving down the street. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's a story of we did a facility for them in Battle Creek. Every one of the provisioning centers in Battle Creek has been broken into except for theirs because nobody knows that it's actually a provisioning center because it looks too nice. <laughs> that's hilarious. I mean, like, sorry, their other facilities got broken into, but that's so funny. Right. And that's exactly what came out of meeting with the city. It's like, yeah, they don't even know what you are. It's not clear. No, which is kind of cool and everything. So, yeah, wards are wards are great you know, to be able to take these and, and win with these and get that recognition out there. Now, one thing transitioning over to and something I remember the day I met you and those of you who do not know what Harold looks like, Harold has hair. Well, my hair might be as long as yours now, but he's got long hair. He wears his jeans and his T-shirt most of the time, something design team plus beer in hand most of the time. Yep. What has that been like and as you're dr we're drinking together now? But what does that mean to you? Because you're not the and I'm not either of like, I am this perfect corporate person or anything. But right. when did that kind of change for you? Or have you always been this person? I've pretty much always been this person. So yeah. um, when I started my first firm in 1994, I decided, OK, I need to cut my hair off. I need to look a little bit straight, yeah. straight laced <laughs> and then fit within the community. Fit in, yes. After I cut it off, I mean, I was doing freelance stuff before. Right. So after I cut it off, there was no difference of the reaction from anybody that I was getting. Right. right. It's just hair. Who cares? And I went, well, that was stupid of me. So, but the cool thing is my 14 inch French braid lives in a coffin in my house because we had a burial for it. Only you. I'm not surprised, but. Oh, we invited friends and people brought flowers and everything else. <laughs> and it's, it was, oh it was a fun my trip. God, that's so funny. 
So I found out I didn't do anything. So I just immediately started regrowing it and everything. Um, I never had anybody going, you need to look professional. You need to do this. I mean, I used to have an oversized big bird yellow linen suit that I would wear to city meetings just to intimidate them. Oh, God. I, do we have pictures of this? Do the, does it exist somewhere? I need to see it. Yeah, I'll have to find it and send it to you. Um, but I mean, I had like, you know, the extremely pointy shoes with the seal skin on the top and things like that. Or my combat boots with spikes in it, whichever. Oh, big fan. I found out that nobody looked at you because, again, this is a very artsy type of industry. For sure. So most architects always wear black. You know, you always see them there in black and, and everything oh. else because that's like the rite of passage. You get your master's degree, you can wear all black. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I was just going to ask why, but okay. I don't know why. Mies van der Rohe, I don't know. Something like that. Um, so... I just started growing my hair back again when I um, I closed my first firm after three years because I needed to get intern points to take my exams. And I started doing commercial work, which I'm not allowed to do if unless you're licensed. So I went to work for a firm Royal And I remember, I mean, the, the funniest was, which was probably the most reaction I ever got for how I looked. I went up to one of our clients' house to field measure and I knocked on the door and the client opens the door. It was um you know, and she looks at me and she goes, can I help you? I go, yeah, I'm here with, you know, and I mentioned the firm, which I won't say the firm's name and who I am and here to measure the house. Um, hang on a second. Do you have a business card? Yes, I have a business card, you know, through the crack of the door. So she went and called the office to talk to me. Oh my God. That I was that person. And basically it's like, well, that's the best person to have. You need to open your door so that we can actually do your work and let them in. And I think it didn't help because I also wore my motorcycle and had my black leather on. Oh, how dare you? So, yeah, exactly. So that was like the most reaction I ever got out of it. A lot of times you get that double take because they don't expect, you know, they hear the name Harold and they think I'm like 65 years old and a little bit rotund. And then I show up looking like this. And then, you know, first time I had Sherry show up to like one of the uh, B&I group meetings. We held it in a church and behind me was a portrait of Jesus and here I'm up there presenting and everybody was going, oh my God, you look like Jesus. So that kind of came out of it too, but nothing negative, nothing really negative or you're not being professional looking that way. So it's been pretty good. That's been, you know, validated because I performed with the Detroit Concert Choir. We did a um, concert at Old St. Mary's Creek Town. And there was a traveling priest from South Africa there. And as I'm walking by him, he looks at me, he goes, Hello, Jesus. How's it going? <laughs> I love that. So it's like yeah, that just should be part of your branding. It right? should be a part of my branding, yes. So that maybe that's why we do religious. I don't know. Maybe you have um, lineage to the good Lord Jesus Christ maybe. and you don't even I, know. I doubt that highly, See? but you never know. So I won't a little bit half bark. But no, never, never anything really negative about it. Nobody's saying, hey, we don't think you look professional. We're not hiring you. Because again, I mean, we come typically on referrals from clients. Right. So our credibility has already been established. And then it's about our knowledge base and the project that they're going. So I can talk knowledge and, you know, really with knowledge on what they want to do. So again, we sell them on our value. And at that point, who cares what you look like? Preach. Exactly. No, I think it's just more, it's the old way of thinking. And now, you know, you'll have the people once in a while, but... I love that. So we'll wrap this up. This has been so much fun. But where can people find you? What does Design Team Plus have going on right now? 
talk to us on that. So going on right now, a couple cool projects. Obviously, I mentioned LifeLab Kids. So that's the one cool project that hopefully we're going to be seeing breaking ground. We already did a groundbreaking ceremony on that. So that's going to be happening. Oh, good. Uh, we have two new breweries that we're working on. One, which is in Berkeley, Michigan, that is the third black-owned brewery in the state of Michigan and the first in southeastern Michigan. That's amazing. Another one in downtown Farmington that we're working on. We have uh, kind of the cool thing we're doing, um, controlled environmental agriculture, which is indoor growing. Where We have two farms in Detroit that we're working on, and that's non-cannabis. Okay. So we're working with a, a group out of Detroit on Farm 1, Farm 2. And so that's kind of cool. That's a fun thing to be working on. And then what are the projects? Obviously, our church projects that we have going on, so which probably aren't going to be as visible to the public because they're you know part of the church and more or less congregation to get to it. But the breweries are the cool ones. And then we just met with a possible distillery. So he's still working on getting a building. So we'll see where that goes for us. Ooh. And then, you know, where can we be found? So downtown Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're between Adams and Maple, uh, or Adams and Woodward on Maple, or the north side of Maple. We're right across from a Swedish cafe, so if you know where Svenska is, you know where we're at. Uh, we're also, we have our Facebook page, Design Team Pluses on Facebook, our Instagram page, so Design Team Pluses on Instagram. Our LinkedIn, we have Design Team Plus on LinkedIn. Um, no Twitter and no TikTok yet, so... You're going to be on TikTok. I'm going to get you on it. I've been toying with the idea of doing something ridiculous on TikTok, uh, but we haven't figured out as of yet. We're thinking about maybe announcing our Ohio office on TikTok, like, you know, it's going to be in the cornfield somewhere because that's all you have in Ohio is corn. True. But we're not certain if that's going to be that way. Right. But, you know, and then we got our website that everybody can visit us on our website. So yeah, a lot of places you can look for us. And then if you don't find me here in Birmingham, Fridays I work for my island house. So I'm on Harrison's Island. My island house. Yes. Well, it's a, it's Design Team Plus Harrison's Island base. So Honestly, the city should give you some stipend or something for how much you promote them. Jeez. I know. I mean, it's like, I promote them more than I promote the company, I think. I know. I think so, too. <laughs> Well, Harold, this has been so much fun. I've learned a thing or two. And as always, great chatting with you. Anyone listening, I will put all of the thousand links Harold just mentioned in the links here. And we're looking forward to seeing what other projects you have. So thanks for coming on. We'll keep you up to date on that. All right, Angela, thank you for having me. If you're looking for a career change and you're not sure where to start, the Resume Rescue can help. Sure, there's no such thing as the perfect fit for everyone, but here at the Resume Rescue, we're on a mission to find the perfect solution for you. Whether it's changing careers, updating a resume, learning LinkedIn, or practicing interviewing, we have you covered. Find us online at theresumerescue.com and find all of our contact info in our show notes.